Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixer Sense. I'm Lucas, I got Chris and Uriah here, and these guys have been true champs filling in and helping me out while I've been out sick. Very much appreciate you guys. Missed you guys. I'm ready to talk Sixers again. I don't know about you guys. Me too. Let's get to it. Yeah, it's good to have you back, Lucas. Great to have you back, man. Your enthusiasm, your yeah, nerdism for NBA basketball, we missed it. Man, I'm a big nerd, and basketball is just part of it, but it is a big part. All right, so we're going to start this episode off, even though they played, I guess they played Monday night, the Rockets? Uh, yes, yeah, Monday, 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 yeah. Yeah, not the, not the outcome that we expected, especially from a team that's so young and inexperienced. So the Sixers lost to the Rockets. The other night, 132 to 123, double overtime. The Sixers fall to 12 and 12. The Rockets, 7 and 17, as you would expect. But anyway, some team stats before you guys get into it. We have uh, the Sixers shot 44%, the same as the Rockets. Doesn't help in that department. Three point wise, the Sixers were more efficient 47% compared to 35% for the Houston Rockets. If you look at turnovers, they were pretty much even. The Sixers had 20, Rockets had 21. Uh, points in the paint, wow. Points in the paint, wow. 52 for the Rockets and only 40 for the Sixers. Uh, the largest lead for either team was 10 or 9 points. Sixers had a, a lead as much as 10, but then the Rockets just figured out a way to stay in the game and then take over toward the end. Uh Look, what stood out in this game to us? Let's go with Lucas first. It's the fact that Harden ball doesn't work on the Sixers. Look, I know that Harden had a bad game shooting-wise. And, I mean, yes, he got to the foul line 10 times, made nine. But he went four of 19 four uh, from the field, four of 11 from the three-point line, had seven turnovers. Yes, it was his first game back. But we saw that Harden ball, even prior to this injury, wasn't the best case scenario for the Sixers because it was a your turn, my turn thing with him and Joel, and that just won't win you a championship. It just doesn't work. It didn't work with LeBron James and D Wade in their first year in Miami when they did it. Somebody's going to have to succeed, and I think it's James Harden. I think James Harden needs to play a similar role to what he did last year, where he was more facilitator. Don't don't get me wrong; like he needs to be efficient, like he had been prior to the injury this year. But I, I, and I see Chris's face. I know he wants to strike back, but I, I, I don't think Harden ball works in Philly. That's, that's, that's the biggest takeaway I took away from it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember the first two weeks of the season when the offense basically only worked when James was out there. Like, like you said, Lucas, it's his first game back. I'm, I'm not gonna read too far into it like four of 19 he, he was bad it was a bad James Harden game does that mean Harden ball quote-unquote doesn't work I don't know like I, I do think him and Joel need to strike a better balance that's been an ongoing issue going back to last season they still have stuff to figure out I would agree that stylistically there was a lot of positive stuff from this recent stretch that I would hope they can carry over to the fully healthy squad. But I, I, I think in general, the the your turn, my turn thing with James and Joel is 
I mean, it's gonna. That's just stylistically. It's as much on Joel as it is on James. That's just how. No, and I'm not saying Joel doesn't played. need to change a little bit too. But no. who's yeah, bringing I'm, up the ball more often? It like obviously James is is transitioning to a new part of his career. The James Harden Chris Paul take your turn offense was maybe the best offense ever in Houston, and he's not the same James Harden. So he. He has shown signs of change in terms of what his shot diet is this season. We'll see how quickly he gets back to form after this injury, which is unfortunate because, as we know, he he spent all summer really finally getting back into what is mm-hmm. going to be now his peak physical condition. This injury is probably a setback, and we'll we'll see if, you know the long term effects from it. But yeah, I I mean I'm just not that worried about it. I've kind of been saying this all season, like it's a bad loss. And it was a bad Harden game, and a lot of guys struggled in different spots, and you don't want to lose games to Houston when you're going to be fighting for you know your place in the standings all year. But at the end of the day, I you know it, like credit to Houston for battling as hard as they did. I, I don't think Harden's going to have too many four and nineteen nights, too many games where he's just zero of eight inside the arc, like. It was 4 of 11 from 3, which is fine. It was just 0 of 8 inside the three-point line. That's that's not going to cut it. But I don't imagine that's going to be a very frequent occurrence. Um, Tobias was really good in this game. Joel, 39, 7 rebounds, 2 blocks, 2 steals. Like Those are good outcomes, and I, I think they do have stuff to figure out offensively. And defensively, there have been a lot of issues. A lot of the defensive issues are on Joel. So that that's something he has to look inward and fix. But overall, Chris, I, I'm not too worried about it. You were just smashing Tobias Harris prior to us coming on the podcast. And now you're giving him... Uriah, back me up on no, this one. It because, it's because it didn't involve Alex Caruso in the conversation. Oh, oh so of course. Cause, cause, so because I said that I would... <laughs> Trade Tobias Harris for Alex Caruso. I'm not allowed to give him credit. I have to just. Oh, oh apparently you are, but I'm just shocked. Okay, <laughs> yeah, no, Tobias sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> I trade him for uh, Killian Hayes. That's okay. To be fair, Killian Hayes hasn't looked Maybe terrible since Kate. Um, hasn't looked terrible, know, I but I still wouldn't do that. Killian Hayes. Um, he's Killian Hayes stock is lately. going up right now. Yeah. I know, so maybe I would, but um, that's not that's not the point. Um, yeah, like Tobias was awesome, seven of eight from deep. If he does that every game, I'll stop saying I'll trade him for Alex Caruso. Um, Tobias has been really good the past couple of weeks. I, nothing against Tobias; he was really good in this game. Could we make and they that lost Alex to the Rockets uh, when Tobias was one of their best players. So. Yeah, it, tough loss. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens moving forward. I'm not too worried about it. How much does Alex Caruso make a year? Does anybody know his contract? Yeah, his contract. I, I, can, I can get that. I can get that for you soon. But, but okay, I, cool. I want to take advantage of this. Uh, you know, the sky is not falling assessment from Chris because to me, I think the sky is starting to slowly cave in because of one person, but. Let's get to the question. I'll give my opinion after after Lucas and Chris, but uh, let's talk about this Houston game. They had no business losing to this team. They have Absolutely. zero yeah. stars. I'm looking out there, and they got Eric Gordon, who's like 50 years old, <laughs> and and all these young, young guys. But Lucas, 
please tell me, uh, what worries you most about performances like the one that the Sixers had in Houston? I feel like it's a coaching thing. And I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm with Chris now. I'm all for, look, I was uh, hesitant about Doc Rivers going into this season. I, I think like Chris just said, pull, pull them out. I, I don't think Doc Rivers, this, this team is just as talented as the Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks in terms of raw talent, but we're like two like levels below them right now. And there's no reason for it besides the coaching. Now, don't get me wrong. Doc can get out of the, the best out of role players. But when it comes to making stars complement each other, outside of one year in Boston, he didn't get the best out of Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. He didn't get the best out of Kawhi and Paul George. And he's not getting the best out of James Harden and Joel Embiid. And honestly, Ty- Tyrese Maxey. Like, he can't. Like, I get getting the best out of your role players, and, like, he can do that. Awesome job. Good for you. Because, like, most coaches would have fumbled during this this injury stretch that the Sixers had. But he, he did a good job making them bounce back. But he can't get these coast, these stars the, the chemistry that they need. And that's that's my biggest issue right now. He can't get the stars to work. Against the Rockets. Like Chris, the Rockets, wanna... Alper and Shengun. Don't get me wrong. I love Alper and Shengun. Yeah, no stars. He, yeah, Shang-Gun. like, um, but, but but no, but no, in all seriousness, no. Alperen Shangun is a 6'8 center, and granted, he fouled out. And Joel had a monster game. But Joel should have had an even bigger game because Shangun's not a defender. They don't have any good uh, – who, who was their backup? Fernando? Fernando's, like, below average uh, backup defender. Bobon's on that squad. But he didn't so play. He didn't, I know, you know, I know. I, I, hey, you know what? Bobon might have done a better job, but, you know, anyway – point being here is that they don't have anybody that can stop Joel and Joel only had 42 like I know that seems like only but we know how good he can be so Chris come on man is nothing concerns Um, you about this game no I mean look James had a bad game I think Doc Rivers is a bad coach I think he's the root of a lot of issues um like I agree it's it's time for Doc to go I, I think it's fair to say that he coaches the role players, like you said, really well. Like, Doc does really well in a pinch when things are pretty dire and he has to get creative. When he's forced to get creative, Doc can get creative. But I, I don't know. He just, like, gets complacent when the stars are out there and the play calling goes maybe, down Maybe drain. he cares too much about their egos. I don't know. Could be. I, I mean, I, I just don't think Doc is, is making this team work. I, I think a lot of their... You know, lethargy and, like, at some point you just got to try something else at head coach. You're not going to get rid of Joel, and you're not going to change the nucleus of this team. So you got to try yeah, something the, else Jay, uh, Moore is never going to get rid of Harden. Yeah, and nor should he. Harden's an awesome player. So you try a different coach before you try to <laughs> trade James Harden. Like, I, I think but, Okay, let's, let's just go down this rabbit hole, Chris. Who would you hire? You have on the coaching stack, you have Dave Yeager, who's a pretty decent head coach. Sam Cassell, who has all the potential in the road, in the world. Outside of that, yeah, you could go with Mike D'Antoni. Not a big fan, personally. I know you are. But, like, who else out there could be a good NBA? Kenny Atkinson? I, I don't even know if you could steal him midseason. Yeah, I mean, like, there are, like, great new head coaches 
every year they get pulled from the assistant ranks around the league. They're, I'm sure there are quality candidates out there. Like you said, Philly has three pretty good ones on the bench with Dan Burke, Dave Yeager. And oh, yeah, Dan Sam Burke. Or about Dan Burke. Yeager has been a good head coach in the NBA before. Like, I would not mind giving one of those guys the interim tag for the rest of the year and seeing if they can figure it out. Like, I just think it's time for a change on that front, and that's not a one-game takeaway. That's a two-year two takeaway. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, I, I mean, I Houston's cool. I think you're right. You're, they're a terrible basketball team right now. You're right. They don't have any business beating Philly, theoretically. But, like, you know, Jalen Green is going to be a star eventually. He didn't hit any of his nine three-pointers, Chris. Okay. It's... He's going to be a star eventually. Wow. I, I, 27 points still. I, I don't care. 27 points on how many shots here? Let's see. 20 shots. Zero of seven from downtown. So let me, let me give my take so we can move on after this. Okay. Okay. Sorry. The one thing that the Sixers lack is they don't have young athletic studs. And, and, and that's clear when we play young teams like Houston, that does not give the Sixers a pass to not go into the opposing opponent's arena and handle business, especially when you have your two stars making over $30 million a year. And you have players like shake and Melton who were, who have been stepping up in the most shake uh, recent good weeks. in the game, by the way, he Kudos did. Shake is, I think shake has arrived, but the one thing with doc rivers that really ticked me off in that game. And I couldn't believe they made me stay up late in this double overtime game just to lose. But I don't know. I know Thibel has his limitations, but at the end of the first, why is he laughing so hard like that? Because why we all know what's so coming. Because we all know what's no, going to happen no. here. I concede he's limitations, but if you talk about defensive specialists in a point in the game where you could have used him, but instead Doc, at the end of the first uh, overtime, he had Harden in who got beat on, I guess, a backdoor cut or something, and then the player ended up getting fouled, and then, you know, the rest is history. But that move i don't know if thibel's ankle was bothering him but the fact that he didn't have thibel in there on a defensive play with three seconds left baffles me and the other thing is tobias harris only missed one three-pointer the whole game he was hot and you couldn't Mm -hmm. get him any more shots in the fourth quarter you you gave the ball to like a bunch of like okay, pick, you pick ride your yeah, you, you got you got to ride and Joel rolls. and Harden in the fourth quarter. I I get that. I get where you're coming from. I do, but you gotta you gotta go with your superstars at that point. Like, don't get me wrong. If Tobias got the ball, he should have gone for it. But like, but he did. You gotta run. You gotta run. You gotta run your plays for your superstars down the stretch. That's I I get. I'm I'm. But to your Thibel point, and Chris, you're gonna like the reference here. Um, Uriah. Thibel feels to me like he's becoming Andre Roberson. I don't know. I mean, the thing with Thibel and his, like, the, you know, I understand putting him in three seconds. That makes sense. But also, he's, like, maybe the most foul-prone person on the roster outside of Paul Reed. Like, you don't want him to foul a three-point shooter. In that, and if anyone's going to do it, it's Matisse. So maybe, yeah. you, like, ride Melton and... Melton's almost as good defensively, and he's much oh. better offensively. Yeah, I, I mean, Thibel's like which makes Thibel kind of an afterthought this year. Thank you for being objective. So, and I, he's had the worst statistical career, season of his yeah, career. And on fall. that note, we're gonna move right along. <laughs> there we go. 
Okay, so Chris, if you haven't seen it already, he gave the Sixers a quarter season report card report article, and we're going to dive into that right now. We're going to give grades for each key player, role players, and obviously starters for the 76ers, and we'll start with the bench. We'll go one player at a time, obviously A through F. Uh, we'll go with Chris first since he wrote the article, and then Lucas, you give yours. I'm mm-hmm. not involved in this; it's just about you guys. So I think he's going to with... get involved when I give Thibault's grade. Just going to say that now. No, no, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the moderator. Mm-hmm. I'm moderating. It's about you guys. We'll see. All right, the uh, Anthony Melton, Chris. What, what grade did you give him in your article, and why? I'll just preface this by saying. Sixers Reddit is apparently mad at me for being too positive, which when have I ever been too positive about the Sixers? That has never happened before. I've never been negative Nancy. I know. So I'm feeling a bit out of my depth as far as being called too positive. Um, I I think they meant it for a particular big man, but continue though. He's who is Chris? Chris, just wait. No, we're talking about Melton right now. All right, Anthony Melton. Let's get to start on the right foot. I gave Melton an A because he's been awesome and just about everything the Sixers could have hoped for out of that trade. And like he's been in a, a mini slump the past week, but he's shooting at league average from three all season and he's near the top of the league in steals and deflections per game. He's one of the best defensive guards in the NBA right now. That deserves an A in my book, and he stepped up when, when James and Tyrese went down played a bigger role offensively like what i don't really know what there is to complain about so i gave him an a seems right, fair Lucas? i'll give him a b plus look he's not a superstar and he didn't outplay his expectations of his role i think that's a b plus in my opinion like he played his role yes he stepped up bigger when players went out but he didn't go beyond his role he was still a two-way guard coming off the bench or starter yes he got some more points because he was starting but like he played his role he hasn't wowed me because he's done exactly what I thought he's done. So I think B-plus is fair. Okay. All right, let's go to Shake Milton, who took advantage of some minutes with the absence of the other guards. Chris, what did you give Shake Milton? An A, because, again, <laughs> did we not – no one expected Shake to play like he did when those guys went down. I think we all went into the season with – Put that hand down, right? You know you didn't. <laughs> I've been in Shake's corner since he left okay. the G League. You weren't expecting like 25, 7, and 7 a night for two weeks straight. No one I, was. Don't. I knew he had it in him. I, uh-huh, I can't say I expected right. it, okay. but I knew he yeah. had it in him. Um, Whatever. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate your, your commitment. But, um, I, yeah, I mean, A for Shake. He stepped up when they needed him. Seems like he's earned himself a bigger role moving forward. Good stuff out of him. Not gonna really no major complaints. Again, he's he's been awesome when he's been on the floor. So I'm gonna say A plus because I was pretty much ready to write off Shake, and I wrote prior to one, once the injury started, the injury woe started at the guard position. I was like, this is a make or break moment for Shake, and you yeah. know what? I said he could either be fighting for a roster spot or getting a nice contract next season. Actually, he's going to get a nice contract next season. That's happening oh, now. Oh yeah, it's it's happening now. I don't oh. I don't know if it's going to be with the Sixers. Probably not because the Sixers probably can't afford it. No. But like, good for Shake. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I believe what you actually said was, "Let's sign Avery Bradley." <laughs> I said that it was an option. 
And you know what? They signed Saban Lee, which I still feel like is a mistake. All right, let, let's move away from Saban Lee. And let's get to a real defensive stopper. <laughs> Chris, I'm, I didn't honestly I didn't see the entire article. I'm a little nervous right now. Uh, Chris, T. Steibel. Okay, I think I've done this in the past. I gave him a D for defense, right? Like, <laughs> right? That makes sense. Um, look, he had one job this season, which was like to prove that he could maybe sort of kind of shoot, and he hasn't done that. So he's not playing very much because he's not that good. And he plays defense, though, so D. I, I'm sorry, Uriah. This is going to hurt you, but it's an F for me. Great. F? It's an oh F. I know Chris isn't that what bold. What has he but done I... this season, Uriah? What yeah, has he seriously. No, he's had career lows. I've, I've, I've started writing an article about this. He's had career lows across the board. There's no one statistic that he's like even a career average at right now. Like there's nothing that I can say is redeemable a, about his season right an, now. Yeah, ankle injury. Yeah. See, I told you yeah. he couldn't. Deeply I told you he impacts. could. I told you you wouldn't be quiet, Chris. I told you. I told you all, all of you Deeply listeners. Impact. I told you he couldn't help but butt I'm just in. Stating facts. <laughs> you want me to get the tape? Run it back. Nah, hey, hey, no. I'm just saying. I knew that you wouldn't be able to stop yourself after I said my grade. Look, <laughs> I give him a D plus if I were to chime in. He's he's not performing up to my expectations. But let's move on. Let's go to uh, Daniel House Jr. Chris. Um, I think I gave him like. A C minus, you know, he's been pretty middle of the road at best. He's had a really strong stretch of late, and he opened the season pretty cold on the offensive end. He does a lot of interesting things. He plays both sides of the ball, and I'm pretty confident in him long term as like a rotation piece, but he hasn't really blown anyone out of the water. So like C minus C, pretty average Great I'll be right. generous and give him a C plus there. I think there's more there to be. I think he does more of the little stuff that we, the casual fan, wouldn't pick up. Not saying that 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 that's the case with you. I just say for me, I think it's a C plus. I think, and part of it is also projecting too. I think he'll get better too. So that's yeah. I, I don't usually project moving forward with these grades, but I think he'll do a little better too. You can't grade me. someone on their projected contributions. We're grading them so far up to this point. It's oh, like okay. Well, then, yeah. we'll give them a yeah. final report card in a few months. Yeah, he surprised me with his ability to finish. I'm really impressed how he can he can get up and and finish with force. But let's move on to Bang Bang Niang, George's Niang. Uh, what do we what do we uh, give him? Uh oh, where'd Chris go? He's right here. I still see him. You're right. He's here. I don't. Hello, see him. Chris. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I see you. You're right. Can you see him? I can't see him, but it's all right. Just keep talking because yeah, the he's audio still recording. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's his red dot's still there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, George Niang. I gave him an A because, again, he's just exceeded expectations. He's been more than what most people would have expected coming into the year. He's made some minor improvements in key areas, and he's shooting the crap out of the ball. So. I gave him an A because there's not a lot to complain about. He's kind of become the replacement for Seth Curry in a way for this team. That being said, uh, I'm going to give him a B plus. He did start out the season a little bit cold. He it, once he got heated up, he's hot. You know, 
you know, lava hot, but you did start out a little cool, so I'm going to say B plus. All right, uh, <clears throat> I can't disagree there. How about <laughs> Paul Reed, <laughs> B ball, Paul, Chris? Is there anything higher than an A plus in your book? Um, I actually, I, I was being criticized earlier before the podcast for grading Paul Reed too high. I think, I think that's like the main complaint on Reddit, as I've been told. I'm not sure. Um, but I gave him an A minus, so I think that's pretty fair and objective of me. He's been awesome. Objective. You know, what do we? Do? Who who is grading him lower than that? Everyone loves Paul Reed. I'm not alone on this island. Like, All right. Paul Reed's awesome, and he's a defensive stud. He's earned the backup center role. He's starting to figure things out offensively within the context of this team. That's only going to get easier once he he gets more reps with James. Like Paul's been awesome. I'm giving him an A minus. I have no second thoughts about it. I feel great about it. I'm going to give Paul Reed a B, and the reason why I'm doing that is first off, I am objective, but more <laughs> importantly, um, look, he had struggled at the beginning of the year with some defensive stuff. He did have his lapses, like he did at points of last year. He's gotten better since then. I'm not going to deny that. He's earned this backup center role. I still think he should have had it from the beginning, but we know how Doc Rivers is is with his veterans, and we'll get to Montrez here in a minute. But at the end of the day, Paul Reed is what, his fourth season? Is it third or fourth? I think he's in his fourth season. Fourth season. And he's still having mental lapses occasionally. Now, no fourth-year player is perfect, obviously. Hold on. But – Tobias Harris has so many mental lapses. I just don't want to hear it right now. And I, hey, you know what? I'm going to give him a grade. Don't worry about that. But in the meantime, third sit back, and strap it in, and listen. He played the first two. Give the guy a grade. All right, sorry. Oh, goodness. All right, anyway, let's go to, that's, let's that's go to the starters. The starters will start with uh, Hold up, hold up. You, you, you skipped Harrell. Are we skipping Harrell? Oh, I did skip her. Oh, my bad. Symbolic yeah. of the season. We all <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right. Just quickly, uh, Harold, what'd you give him? D plus. D minus. All right. Enough said. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's go to the starters. PJ Tucker, who Chris and I talked about a little bit a few weeks ago, Lucas, when you were out. But Chris, what'd you give PJ Tucker at this point of the season? I, I think I gave him a C. Like. We talked about it, Uriah, like you said. I, I I think a lot of the panic is a little bit overblown. Like, the offense is mm-hmm. down. The shot attempts are down. He's just not shooting as often as he did in Miami last year and in Milwaukee the year before. But, like, he's still hitting a decent percentage of his threes. I think that is going to take back up here in the next few weeks. Like, just natural regression to the mean that's – generally how things go shooting the ball and the defense is still there. He's still playing important defensive possessions and playing really high level defense on a lot of different types of players. He's guarding elite ball handlers. He's guarding Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum. Like he's guarding all over the place and playing really good defense. And as far as leadership in the locker room and off the floor, we're obviously not there to experience it firsthand, but everyone keeps saying how great and important PJ is in that respect. So I, I think it's a C. Like, I think he's been fine. He's been about as expected, maybe a little bit less prolific offensively, but PJ has never been a guy who scores a lot of points. He's not a high-usage offensive player. 
and anyone expecting him to be that, I, I don't know what you were expecting. But I, I think he's been pretty good. I'm going to say C+, plus just because, like you said, Chris, the intangibles are really hard to measure. And while he's not scoring, he is doing a lot of other things. And he is starting to try to score again. I think, was it against Cleveland where he had like four or six shots? Um, he's trying. Look, and we got to remember, the guy is 37 years old. So, like, I mean, Uriah, I, I know you probably were playing in the Y at that point when you were still that young. And, um, why? <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're taking me back to the 80s and 90s? I, hey, look, I was hey. playing at LA Fitness. Come on now. Okay, LA Fitness. Oh, my goodness. LA Fitness in New Jersey. The yep. Y, <laughs> oh, Hey, nothing man. wrong with the Y. Nothing wrong with the Y. Let's move on to the next player. <laughs> Let's go to Chris's favorite player. Tobias just Harris. mad because I called him out on his age. <laughs> Never that. <laughs> what, what grade did you give Tobias? I gave Tobias a B plus because he's been really good and he has sacrificed a lot for the team and he stepped up when, when guys were out. He's been very efficient in both those roles. Not a lot of complaints for me. He's been better than I think most people could have reasonably expected coming into the year based on the circumstances. So B plus. Uh, yeah, I, I agree for all the things that Chris said. I don't have much to add there. I think um, he sacrificed more than anybody else on this team, and he's not getting enough credit for that. All right, enough said. Let's go to Tyrese Maxey. What'd you give Maxey? Um, I gave him an A because he's averaging 23 points a game, hitting 42% of his threes, and I mean – Again, like what what more could we ask out of the guy? Like he's the number two scorer on the team. He's super efficient. Like defensively, there are some concerns. Absolutely, hundred uh, percent. But I think we all knew that coming in. He's working on it. He's trying hard. And it's not an effort thing. So maybe you could like knock him to an A minus or B plus based on defense. But I like Tyrese Maxey a lot, so I gave him an A. I I'm I'll say. Uh, a minus, and the only reason why I'm saying a minus and not an A, because there are there are still games prior to the injury where he looked like he was still trying to figure it out, and that's not a that's not a knock necessarily. But if he's going to try to go for that all star bid, he has to have it figured out. He's, he can't be trying to figure it out still. And to his, to his defense, like it's hard to play with Joel and James Harden individually and both together. It's it's not easy to be the third wheel. So, you know what, I still give him a lot of credit. A- minus is not a knock. I think he just, he's still young. He's still young. Yeah, Maxi is the future of this franchise. Absolutely. We just, some people aren't willing to admit that yet. Love Joel, but Maxi is special. All right, let's go to James Harden. Chris, what grade did you give him? Uh, I gave him a B. Wow! Uh, he's been hurt. He's been, he... Okay, okay, but outside the injury... He's played 10 games. In those 10 games, he's been pretty awesome, except for the Houston game. Like, the numbers are there. He's one of the best assist men in the NBA. He's scoring with his usual efficiency. He was pretty much the only good offensive player for the first week and a half, two weeks of the season before Joel figured things out. Like, James has been really important to this team when he's been out there. 
why why would he not get at least a B? Like I I if we want to not Why are you giving him an A? That's what I'm surprised about. So you want to give James an A? I'll give him an A minus with Tyrese. Okay. Look, look, I I think they're on the same level of player. I think they're both the same level of player right now. Tyrese is a better offensive version of scoring version, and James is clearly the better playmaker, but they they complement each other. I think they're actually a really good one-two punch on the perimeter. I I do. James is the facilitator. Maxie's the scorer. It's kind of like what uh, Chris Paul was. Defensively, Offensively, they maybe don't come. Oh yeah, they're 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 not great defensively. defensively but we're not. We're, some... we're looking at this purely from. Uh, I'm looking at this purely offensively. Look, I think I think they're a good one-two punch, and I think they're on the same level of offensive players. So I give them both an A minus because I think James has taken a step back. Okay, and I think you know, I think if he embraced more of a playmaker role, I think it'd be better. But you know, especially now with Maxi and J- uh, Joel getting on on their footing. You know, especially once Maxi gets back. But like, yeah, that's. I think A minus. I, I I give him an A minus. I think he's. I mean, look. I, after the end of last season, where he looked horrendous, this is a much better version of James. Not the yeah. best version, but a better. I agree. He he definitely looks better, and his health seems to be what well, was better until he hurt his his foot. But let's go to the leader of the Sixers. Uh, Joel Embiid, Chris, what is he the leader? The, no, I'm not going to get into that argument right now. The leader of the team, Joel Embiid. There is no argument. Um, uh, all right. Anyway, I'm not going to engage. Um, yes, yeah, I, <laughs> I. You'd probably argue for like a B plus or an A minus because defensively there have been some pretty significant lulls, and his effort isn't always there. He's not always tuned in as he needs to be on that side of the ball. In that first. Those first two games, basically, were really bad. But I give yeah. Joel an A because he's averaging 32 points a game on impressive efficiency, and he looks like the MVP when he's out there. Like, you know, we can nitpick a guy who's a top-five player in the NBA, but at the end of the day, he's one of the five best players in the NBA, and he's producing at that level for the team. And injuries have hurt them overall, and there have been some chemistry you know, bumps and bruises with James and Tyrese and Tobias and whatnot. But overall, it's really hard to criticize a guy for averaging 32 on Joel's efficiency, doing what he does offensively for this team. Passing's getting better every week. So that's true. That's yeah, true. I gave him an A. You could argue I, for it to be lower. I, I'm not saying he's been perfect, but I gave him an A. Get him, Lucas. Actually, I'm going to argue it for being higher. I think it's an A+. Plus. Look, this is better than his MVP season. I, I, I think last year was an MVP season, and I think this year he's playing better. Yeah, he had a rough start, but he had a rough start to last year too until he knocked knees with Valanchunas and then got better, and then he started playing better. Same thing happened. He got the flu, was out a few games, came back, was MVP Joel. Look, the MVP race, he's, it's gonna be a hard, he's going to have to stay healthy pretty much the rest of the time, and that's wow. going to be hard for him because – it's Jason Tatum's award to lose right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Tatum's the front r- runner. As much as I don't like Boston, it's it's facts. And yeah. like Anthony Davis is making a run for it. Luca's going to make a run for it, especially hey, if they get him another co-star. You know who was number three on the recent NBA.com ladder? Let me guess, Jokic. You and your Europe. Is that why you're raising your hand just now? Yeah, I just Jokic? wanted to. This has a oh, weird funny, obsession Man. with European I don't know. centers. I don't, I don't, I don't get guys, it. 
bash me for it all the time. So I got to lean into it. Oh my gosh. Anyway, it is, but it um, is, it's time to lean on and to. But you know who's on. not in the defensive player of the year race right now? Joel? No. Yeah. Well, yes. But um, <laughs> I was going to say Rudy Gobert is not. So we don't have to worry uh, about that from Chris. All right. On that note, <laughs> I'm going to transition. All right, we're now going to go across the association, and I want you guys to think about some of the teams, or actually just one team that stood out to you uh, at this point in the season where we are, a team that really has impressed you, whether it was expected or unexpected. Who's impressing you right now? Let's go to Lucas first. Okay. Chris, I might steal this from you. I don't know because I can't read your mind. But if I know you, I think this is the team that I'm going to end up stealing from you. I'm going to say the Orlando Magic. Yeah, they're a tanking team, but look at the talent on that roster. You got Bancaro, who's a future star. I like, yeah, you can laugh at me all you want. Here's the thing. You got, I mean, look, Chris has his his uh, fantasy team named after Franz Wagner, which I will not repeat on the, this, look, this podcast. Bull, because, bull. Bull, 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 bull. Yeah, I haven't gotten to. Yeah, bull, okay. bull, absolutely. And Markel starting to look better, too, now that he's back. Like, look, they're not impressive as in terms of wins-losses. I, You know what? They're a rebuilding team. I don't care about that. But the talent, if they can figure out that that depth chart, and they might have to make some trades, but, like, oh, my gosh. I'm revoking your nerd card. Look I can't believe you said the Orlando Magic. 5-20 It was either so them or the New Orleans Pelicans, and I felt like New Orleans was too easy of a pick. I would have never guessed Chris would say the Orlando Magic, so you weren't stealing anything from <sighs> Chris, bring us back to reality. Who's um, impressed you? Yeah. Uh, I I really like the Pelicans. They're awesome. They're maybe – they're really good. Um, I, I think my – like the out of the blue team. If you say OKC Sacramento. You... Oh yeah, that's okay. a really that's good, a one. good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like bonus that. Bonus is kicking butt. Fox looks better than ever. Herder's hitting every three he takes, and they seem to have built like a really good cohesive two way basketball team. Which no one saw that coming. That's never been. Can, can, in can I say right something now. here? This might be one of the few trades the Halliburton Sabonis trade where both teams actually got better. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, people keep making fun of Sacramento because Halliburton's awesome and he's a few years younger and he's the Pacers are better than it would have been harder to trade Fox at that point. And yeah, like like maybe they shouldn't have traded Halliburton, but like Sabonis is playing really high level basketball and he's the best player on a thirteen and nine team right now. And I don't think he's the best he's player. Than Fox? Nah, he's mm. not better than Fox this season. Fox Fox is an mm. all star in the West. Sabonis is, is an all star. Are you sure but about that? Look who's, a, who's, look who's in the they West as big I'm name. of the opinion that Sabonis is the better player. Fox has been awesome. That's a fine opinion to have. Wow. Mm. Numbers I, don't I, lie. He has been the best player for years. I don't think that's like a hot take. Fox has been a lot better than expected. Uh, Fox is averaging like, scoring. what, 26 Almost, and 7? Yeah. He is scoring more points. Sabonis is averaging right. like, what, 13, 9, and 7 or 6? Something like that? I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me. 11 and 6. Okay. I I still give it to Fox. Yeah, I mean, Fox is scoring more Fox is one of the best clutch scorers in the NBA right now. He is. Fox has been awesome. I'm I'm not saying Fox is bad. I'm not using, like, I'm not trying to bash Fox. He's been better. This is by far the best he's ever been. Uh, Sabonis is just really awesome. Uh, So, 
Yeah, I, I mean, Sacramento has mm. been way better than we all expected. I, I think the general expectation with that team for the past two decades has been that there's something of a dumpster fire. So it's pleasant to see them doing so well. It's about time for Fox to not be on a sucky team. And, yeah, they've been really good so far. I think they have a pretty sustainable path to being a good competitive team in the West. All right. Can I just say that I was really surprised with how good interim head coach Joe Missoula is doing with Boston? I was, I, that was going to be my pick. I thought okay, one of you were going to say Boston. I was thinking that initially, but I was like, I don't want to give I don't Boston like that Boston. much credit. Yeah, I don't want yeah, to I don't give them Boston, that, that much credit. But like Joe Missoula has done a great job. I give him credit on that. I agree, 100%. Let's go to the team, <clears throat> the one team that either of you believe has not really lived up to expectations. Any team in the league that you feel can has we do been our disappointing. own team? No, we, uh, <laughs> we talk about the Sixers enough <laughs> and how horrible they've been against low teams. But Chris, which team has disappointed you? So I'm far? really disappointed by how good the Celtics are. Uh, but okay. no, okay. Um, on a more serious note, as far as disappointing teams go. You know, I'm kind of bummed out that Minnesota just seems like a mess. That's a good kinda one. Sucks for yeah. for me. Um, yeah, that's not great. To be fair to them, the West is like ten really good teams deep right now, and they and still the Lakers have are surging. It out. It's still super early in the season, guys. Guys have gotten hurt now. They have time though. I I still have faith to some extent, but. Yeah, I, I guess Minnesota would be my pick. I, I think Chicago and Miami are in the running too. But I'll let okay. Lucas maybe talk about one of those teams. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But the Wolves are 11-12 and 12 after trading four picks for a star and presumably trying to build on last season's success and turn into a regular contender, and they don't look like that right now. So they got a lot of stuff they got to figure out before the season ends, and I, I think that's going to be my pick. Look. Chris, you already stated mine. It's it's the Chicago Bulls. Look, they're nine and fourteen right now. Lonzo Ball is on the verge of becoming the next Brandon Roy, um, and Vooch looks like he's taking a step back. Demar's still doing what he's doing, but Zach Levine's knee issues are starting to creep up. That might like hinder his career in all seriousness. And I've hear you know I hear talking heads on TV talking about oh the Chicago might decide to blow it up at one point. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I heard DeRozan's I, look, on the trade block. Look, teams are interested if, in him. Yeah, teams are interested in DeRozan. Caruso, I know Chris is interested in Caruso. Um, Alonzo's probably on the block if he can get healthy. I wouldn't be surprised if Levine's on the block, to be honest Chris, with you. Like, Chris would trade Tyrese. Scorch Earth. Chris would trade Tyrese Maxey for Alex Caruso. Oh, I would hope. Oh, not. look at him shaking his head. He's like, he's really being like, yeah. But he would Caruso. think about it for a By second. By any means, give me Caruso. Okay, you guys are ridiculous. Who? <laughs> I am not alone in saying that I would trade Tobias for Caruso and Lonzo. It's a risk, maybe. You mean Lonzo. the same trolls Whatever. that are trolling you for your Paul Reed take on Reddit? Is that yeah. the people when you say that you're I, not there's alone? There's no way that I am not in the majority on that. Tobias is not. I would special. keep Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris is a better player. Now, I will say this. I will say this. In terms of being a role player and not being a top three player on a team, Alex Caruso is better suited for that role. 
but Tobias Harris is the better player. And what the Sixers need, they need a fourth, fifth. Well, six guess what? Player. If they can, they can probably get a trade done with Thibault's contract and Korkmaz's contract, and they could probably make the money work. Or maybe add one more con, Jaden Springer, and they could probably get a trade done. Okay. How dare you? All right, let, let's, I, I dare. let's move on to this next topic because this time next year, this could be a really interesting conversation to have. But I'm going to take a tweet from uh, Sham Sharanya, and it has to do with the uh, NBA special midseason tournament that is in the works. So if I'm looking here at this tweet, this is back in September, it says current framework of NBA in-season tournament as soon as 2023, 2024, wow. per sources, this could be next year, guys. Mm-hmm. There could be cup games in the NBA through the month of November. Eight teams advance to a single elimination final in December. Other 22 continue the regular season. All games part of a normal 82-game schedule, one extra for two final teams. We already have seen the play-in tournament, and some people have varying opinions about that. But we'll go to you, Lucas, first. What do you think about this idea of this this midseason tournament cup idea that the NBA is floating out? Look, as long as it the NBA is always going to try to get more money, and this cup thing has been something on Adam Silver's docket since he became commissioner. If it happens, I'm not going to be surprised. It might work out very well. It's a foreign idea to me, though, and I don't know how it would work midseason unless you like pause the midseason, the, the league during the season. Otherwise, it doesn't make much sense to me. But you know what? There are smarter people than me in the NBA front office that can do it that I can't. Well, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they're all going to play eighty-two games. So, I, I mean, like the other twenty-two teams who aren't in the tournament will just keep playing regular games, while the eight teams who are will play each other. I think that's the idea. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, this is something that has been done overseas for years and years and years. This is not like some new original idea that Adam Silver has had. Um, seems to work. Well, over there, I, I, you know, they're clearly just trying to bring more excitement to the regular season, which I understand because, like, 82 regular season games, it can get a little dull every now and then, for, and especially for, like, the regular average, you know, NBA watcher. They aren't always, like, super enthralled by game 37 between San Antonio and OKC. So anything to, like, spice it up, I, I understand it. I'm, I, like you, Lucas, I'm, like, I'm... Pr- generally pretty content with the normal way of doing things like i'm i'm happy with just 82 games and then the playoffs but i have nothing against the idea of a mid-season cup i don't it's not really tangibly adding much beyond more money for the players who win that cup and like more money for the nba probably as far as tv ratings and and they have done it with the g league to be clear and it's been successful for them so yeah i I have no problem with it it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because it's pretty much definitely going to happen um yeah i i'm i'm sure it'll be fine chris you know what i just noticed your al horford jersey is not on the wall yes it is I don't see it. You just can't see it in the frame because there's three of us on here. Okay. Okay. Uh, I have something special, and I decided to wait 
to uh, share it with you guys because I haven't had you three on or you two on at the same time. Plus, uh, Lucas won't be up the next podcast. It'll be Chris and I and, and Brian Toporek from Forbes and Liberty Ballers will be joining us. But I have a special – I was trying to do this back in October. I have a pack of basketball cards for you guys. And because Ooh. we're on YouTube, it's very visual, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a little trivia. Here's how it's going to work. It's kind of, there's, a, there's like a board game where you get clues okay. and you're allowed to – you each get one guess. I'm going to open a pack. I'm going to look at a player card, and I'm going to give you the conference that the player is in. Then I'll give you the jersey color. Then I'll give you the position. And mm-hmm. as it gets closer, it's going to be like it's going to be a no-brainer. Like at the okay. end, I'm, I'm going to give you the initials of the player. But here's the here's the caveat: you only get one guess. So if you guess wrong, oh. you are eliminated. But the opponent Ooh. gets to keep going in, and and I'll keep going until they get it right. So uh, I will uh, keep score, and the winner. We're going to do this for the next couple weeks. Maybe we'll go to the All Star break. Uh, whoever accumulates the most points between you two will get a City Edition Sixers jersey. Of a, of a player of your choice the current so, one or a former one no the current one the one that's oh, like the okay. shop right icing cake decoration yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay okay you said jersey yeah jersey I'll wow hook you, okay. I, i'll hook up the winner all right so i have a pack of cards here i love basketball cards um so let me open this up ah, see we couldn't do this if we were just audio we got youtube oh yeah all right so Let's go here. I'm just going to take the first player. These are all current players, right? These are all current players from the 2021-22 season. Okay. And they could be bench players. They could be stars. You don't know. You just have to wait. Remember, you only get one guess. All right. Uh, Conference. This player is from the Western Conference. Okay. Jersey color, blue and yellow. Position. Position is forward. Points per game. See the see these cards don't have the stats on the back, so I'm gonna have to pull this up. Just bear with me. Uh, all right, this player's stats currently are five point six points a game. Uh, let's see. Jersey number double zero. And the last, no, you just say it out loud. that is correct. Dang it. Jonathan Kaminga. What, what I gave it away, Chris? The double zero. Double zero. Okay. See, I would not have known that. <laughs> I don't know Jonathan Kaminga's number. Well, at first I thought it was a Nuggets player, but then I was like, wait, said no. He said blue, not dark blue. Because I was thinking of the old Nuggets jerseys. Dark blue. I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah. You know, anyway. primary colors, man. All right, that's right, we'll, we'll do three cards tonight. The next card, the next player. Ooh. Oh, God. You're going to mm. – let me get this guy's stats up because I have no mm, – I'm not going to say anything. Uh, <laughs> hold on. This is, this is going to be interesting. Uh, bear with me, guys. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right, so here's a player. Uh, conference, Western Conference. Jersey color, black and red. Uh, position, 
this player is a shooting guard. Points per game, 2.9. <laughs> Jersey number nine. Initials JC. Josh Sel- Selby. Close. That is ah! correct. Chris, if you get it wrong, nobody gets it, but JC is his initials. Josh Selby is the only Portland Trailblazer that has those initials. It's not Portland. It is the the Houston Rockets, Chris. Oh, I know who it is. Josh Christopher. I know who it is. You can't look it up, Chris. No Googling. No Googling. Josh Christopher. Dang it. That is correct. Uh. Talk about a great name. Talk about an end of the bench player. So here's the crazy thing, right? The the second card was uh, I couldn't do this card. The second card was um, Joel Embiid. I could not. Oh do come Embiid. on! You should have done that. Done by that. the way, by the way, this is Josh Christopher. Never heard. of Yeah, this I know kid. who Josh Christopher is. I just ah. Uh, and this Great was the name. first card, Jonathan Kaminga. All right, the last it. card for the night is uh, let's see. Isn't Josh Selby number nine? Just n- not in in this one right here. Hmm. All right, here we go. All right, this. Mm, all right, here we go. Conference Eastern Conference. Okay. Jersey color black and white. Position forward. Points per game currently. Yeah, I gotta look this up. Whatever happened to basketball cards with the stats on the back? What is it? Mm-hmm. Anything? Points per game, 29.9. Kevin Durant. That is correct. Lucas got it. Lucas finally got one. Chris, were you being benevolent right now, just now? No, nah, he, he was about to say it before I said it. Was he? Yeah, he was about to. Yeah. I beat him to it. The next one would have been jersey number. That would have been the day giveaway. All right, so uh, ending the podcast tonight, uh, Chris is up 2-1. to one. With our basketball reveal stat trivia game. And with that being said, oh, real quick, Sixers play Lakers on Friday night. Give me your predictions. Chris, what's your prediction? Um I don't know. I they should be very motivated to win and to prove themselves after that loss on Monday. Um That being said, it would be very Sixers of them to lose and really make everyone depressed before things get better so <laughs> i don't know i i'm gonna say um a loss just because the vibes are pretty bad right now but mm. we'll see okay. lakers are playing fairly well as as well so the momentum is in la's favor i guess a little bit but it should be a fun game i guess right. hopefully lucas quick prediction joel's gonna continue to own uh anthony davis in these matchups I don't know if the Sixers are going to win or not because, like Chris said, it would be very Sixers of them to lose. But I know Joel is going to dominate Anthony Davis like he always does. I said it should be a fun game. When's the last time the Sixers played, like, a fun game? I don't know if that – I don't know. (laughs) It should be entertaining. It should be compelling TV, if nothing else. Should be. Should be. All right, Chris, go and take us out, bud. All right. To all our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow along if you can. We are on YouTube as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
Google Play and all that fun stuff. You can also listen at our website, thesixersense.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook at Sixersense. And until next week, y'all, peace out. Go Sixers. We'll be back to discuss the Lakers game and much more early next week with Brian Toporek, as Uriah said. So that should be very exciting. Until then, next Wednesday. Go Philly. All right. Go Birds. I hate the Giants. I do. I do too. I do too. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.